Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nahmuduhu ve nesalli ala Resulü'l Kerim. Amma var. Alhamdulillah. Tonight is the 7th of October in the year 2023. And inshallah to spend a few weeks or so going through the life of one of our beloved mothers. In fact, the most beloved mother, the beloved wife of our beloved messenger, Sayyidah Khatija. So, first, her lineage. Shaykh al-Hadith, Mawlana Muhammad Idris Kandihlawi, he mentions in Seerat al-Mustafa, volume 3, page 281 of the English translation. She was from the Quraysh tribe. Her father's name was Khuwailid and mother's name was Fatima bint Zaida. Her genealogy is as follows. Khatija, daughter of Khuwailid, son of Ast, son of Abdul Uzza, son of Qusay, where from her genealogy relates to that of Rasulullah himself, sallallahu alayhi wa this is also mentioned by Hafiz ibn Hajar Asqalani rahmatullahi in his Al-Isaba volume 4 page 281. So let's look at this. So she's from the Quraysh tribe. She's a Quraishite. Her father is Khuwailid. Her mother is Fatima. So this is certainly worth mentioning because she called one of her daughters Fatima. So why did she call her daughter Fatima? In honor of her mother. Her mother was called Fatima. Her lineage joins with Rasulullah with the common ancestor, Kose. So they are distantly related as well. The Holy Prophet and Sayyidah Khatija. Shaykh al Hadith Mawlana Muhammad Idris he mentions in Seerat al Mustafa, volume 3, page 281 of the English translation. Since she was free from the customs and habits of Jahiliyyah, she was popularly referred to as Tahira, i.e. the pure one, even before Rasulullah's commission as a prophet. So, just like our beloved Messenger was called Al Amin before he proclaimed, i.e. the utterly trustworthy one, Khadija was called Tahira. So, this is before Islam. And Tahira means the pure one. So this shows that she was amongst the Hanifs, i.e. pure in her worship and her mannerisms. Indeed, it is recorded, when she reached the age of maturity, she came to be known as Tahira, the purified, due to her unblemished conduct. Mm. This is mentioned by Hafiz ibn Hajar Asqalani, rahmatullahi, in his Al-Isaba, volume 8, page 60, and volume 12, page 283. So... From the time she was Balik, then she was called Tahira. So this is important to highlight. Why? It doesn't mean she went through a process. So you could argue maybe when she was young, she was a bit wayward. Then she saw the, you know, corrected herself. The response is no. Right from maturity, she was called Tahira. Either unblemished in conduct. And Shaykh al-Hadith Mawlana Muhammad Idris Kandahlubi he added in his Seerat al-Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, volume 1, page 117 of the English translation. 
due to her noble lineage, her chaste demeanor. She was titled as Tahira during the times of Jahiliyyah as well as the era of Islam. This is also mentioned in Fat al-Bari, volume 7, page 100. So though she was called Tahira before Islam, that also was her title in Islam. So why is that important to highlight? Because she earned it. If it was not a correct title, the Prophet would have negated it. But it wasn't negated. The same is mentioned by Hafiz ibn Asakir in his Tariq Dimishq, page 109 and page 159. And she had other titles. Another of her title was the unblemished. Refer to Fat al-Bari 14-291, Ibn Hisham in Sira 1-246 and others. So she is the pure one and she is the unblemished. Subhanallah, such was the purity of this most noble woman even during Jahiliyyah. So should we find it strange? No. Because who was she being prepared for? And then both, you know, Muslims sleeping. Why was Allah doing that? Because this was the most beloved wife to the Prophet And Allah was, you can notice the divine care of this noble woman. So let's turn to her early life. Sheikh Shibli Nu'mani, in the Seerat al-Nabi, volume 3, page 357 of the Old English Translation, he said, her father, Khawailid, was held in high esteem in his tribe. He settled in Makkah and strengthened his ties of relationship with Banu Abdul-Dar. He married Fatima bint Zahida, who was from Amr ibn Lu'i. She gave birth to Sayyidah Khadija. So Khawailid was one of the nobles. He strengthened his ties with one of the strong tribes of the Quraysh, the Banu Abdaddar. And he married another Quraishite called Fatima, Fatima bin Zahida. And she was from a sub-tribe called Amr ibn Lu'i. And from these came the great Sayyid Khadija. It is also worth mentioning that many venerable females had the name Fatima. So this is interesting. So, of course, we've got Fatima, the daughter of Rasulullah. Then we've got Fatima, the daughter of Hamza. Then we've got Fatima, the daughter of Khattab, the sister of Umar. And we've got Fatima bin Qais. So, what's interesting, it was a popular name. So, it wasn't unique. But because Sayyidah Fatima al Qubra was the greatest female, some say, of all time. All the others have been eclipsed. This is one of the reasons why we're not, they're not that famous. Because of Fatima. But the mother of Fatima, uh, the, the grandmother of Fatima was Fatima. Fatima Ai bint Zahida. So a question goes to the mind. Was Sayyidah Khatija, was she married prior to Rasulullah's marriage? And the simple answer is yes. She was married prior to being married to the Prophet Not only that, she was blessed with children from the previous husbands. So let's look at this briefly. Hafiz ibn Abdul al in his Al-Istiyab, volume 2, page 378, he mentions, her father, Khawailid, wanted to get her married with his nephew, Waraka ibn Nawfal. Mm-hmm. 
who was a scholar of the Old and New Testament. However, this proposal could not mature and she was thus married to Abu Hala, son of Bannash the Mimi. So this is very interesting. Her father intended to marry her to Waraka. So Waraka is that famous individual who confirmed the prophethood of Rasulullah. She was Khadija's, he was Khadija's nephew. Uh, Waraka was Khadija's kind of, sorry, cousin. Her father wanted Waraka to marry Khadija. But for some reason or the other, it didn't come to fruition. Then she married Abu Hala, son of Banash Tamimi. However, tragedy was soon to strike. Sayyidah Khadija radiyallahu after a good few years of marriage, both her husband and father were killed in the famous battle of Al-Fujjar. So in the Jahiliya, there was a battle called the Battle of Fujjar. In that encounter, Khadija radiyallahu she lost her, her father, Khawailid, and she lost her first husband. So where is this mentioned? In Ibn Sa'd al-Istabaqat, volume 8, page 9, it mentions, In the famous battle of Al-Fujjar, the father and husband of Sayyidah Khatija radiyallahu were killed. This happened 20 years after the year of the elephant. So let's look at this. So she's now lost her father, she's lost her husband. This was 20 years after the year of the elephant. So now we know exactly how old the Prophet was at this time. The Prophet was there for 20 years of age when Khatija lost her first husband. And Khatija herself was around 35 years of age according to the popular opinion. Were there any children from this first marriage? With regards to children from this first marriage, Shaykh al-Ahadith, Mawlana Muhammad Indris, he mentions in Sirat al-Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, volume 3, page 2 and 1 of the English translation, her first marriage was with Abu Hala ibn Rulara Tamimi. From this marriage she had two sons by the name of Sayyidina Hind and Sayyidina Hala, both embraced Islam and are also companions. Sayyidina Hind ibn Abu Hala was very eloquent in his speech. The detailed hadith with regards to Rasulullah's physical description is by and large narrated by him. So let's explain this. So she had two sons from the first marriage, Hind and Hala. Hind is also a female name. It's a, you know, like you say unisex, it's a name used for both. So the famous hint was Muawiyah's mother. So we're not obviously talking about her. Not only are we not talking about her, we're talking about a male. Hint. So that was her eldest, Hint. Then she had another son called Hala. Now there's a very famous hadith in Imam Tirmadi Shamail, in which Imam Hussein, he asked Hind ibn Abu Hala to describe Rasulullah. So when a person looks at that hadith in Imam Tirmadi Shamail, they're baffled. Because why is Rasulullah's grandson, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, asking this person to describe the Prophet? And the response to that is, you're sleeping. You don't know who Hind is. Hind ibn Abu Hala 
was Hossein's maternal uncle. Right? So how is that? Mm. So who was the mother of Hind ibn Abu Hal? Khatija. So how was Hind ibn Abu Hal related to Fatima? Nothing to think about. You should be with me. Are they related? Brother and sister. Come on, wake up. Keep with me. Hind is the son of Khatija. Fatima, who's her mother? Khatija. So this is her brother. So Hussein, who's he asking? He's asking his mama, his mother's brother. So this is the problem. When you hear the hadith, you think, oh, he's asking some elderly person. Why would the grandson of Rasulullah ask an elderly person? He's not asking, he's asking his uncle. So a person goes, Hindi bin Abu Halam. I'm not being funny, brother, but how is he the uncle of Hussein radiallahu And the response is, he's the brother of Fatima. Then the guy gets even more confused. He goes, he's the brother of Abdullah, Ibrahim. How is he the brother? Because he's not the son of Rasulullah. Then he goes, so whose son is he then? And then he goes, look, you need to learn about your mothers. Hind ibn Abu Hala was the uncle. And what did the Shaykh al-Hadith mention? He was very eloquent in his speech. Why should we not find that thing? Khatija's son, what do you expect? Hind ibn Abu Hala, he lived till the grand age. How do we know? Shaykh Shibli Nu'mani in Sirat al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, volume 1, page 357 to 8 of the Old English translation, he said, Hind participated with Sayyidina Ali in the battle of the Kamal and he was martyred. Hind was participated with Ali in the battle of the Kamal and was martyred. So look how touching that is. He was so much older than Ali. But how was Ali related to him? He's still with me, are you asleep? Right? How was Ali related to... Uh, so Hind's sister was Fatima. So it's his brother-in-law. Right? So he was with Ali and he was an aged man. He was martyred in the battle of the Kabul. This was Ali's Khalifa. So that proves he lived until old age. Shaykh al-Ahadith Mawlana Muhammad Idris Kandahlawi Rahmatullah He said in Seedat al-Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Volume 3, page 282 of the English translation When Abu Hala passed away Khatija radiyallahu married Atik ibn Aith Makhzumi From whom she got a daughter by the name of Sayyidah Hinda She embraced Islam, she is also a companion However, there are no Ahadith narrated from her after some time, Atik also passed away. And Khatija now preferred to remain as a widow. This is also mentioned by Hafiz Zurqani in Sharh Al-Mawahib, Volume 3, page 220. So who was her first husband? Her first husband was Abu Hala. When he passed away in the Battle of Fujar, and she was blessed with two sons from that first marriage, she then married Atik. Atik ibn Aiz Makhzumi from the Makhzum tribe. From that marriage, she had a daughter. And her daughter was called Hinda. 
So who's the assistant of Hinda? Fatima. Fatima, just see whether you're still with me. <laughs> right? So think about it. When you say how many brothers is Fatima got, people go straight to the Prophet. You've missed out some of your brothers and sisters. And you're supposed to love the Ahlul Bayt more than your own family. You don't even know. Wasting your life, doing whatever you want to do in it. Astaghfirullah. After some time, Atik passed away. Now Khatija didn't want to get married. She had three children, two sons, a daughter. And she thought, I will put my energies in bringing my children. Thus, <laughs> subhanallah, all of Khatija radiyallahu sons and daughters, Hind, Hala and Hinda radiyallahu ta'ala anhum, all became companions of Rasulullah. <laughs> so this is very interesting. So when somebody says to you, how many children of Khatija embraced Islam? And a person goes straight to the Prophet's children. <laughs> and then you say, you're right, but wasn't there any other children she had? And a person goes, yeah, she had some other children. They all became companions. <laughs> it is also worth noting that Khatija radiyallahu was first married to Atik ibn Aid and then to Abu Hala ibn Nabash the Mimi, as recorded in Fatt al-Bari 14-287, Ibn Sa'ad in Istabakat 8-15. But the former order is more widely accepted. So there's ikhtilaf. There is unanimity that she married to. The difference is who was her first husband. Was it Atik or was it uh, Abu Hala? And the response is more scholars say Abu Hala was the first husband. Then they say it was Atik ibn Aith. But there is another view that it was Atik who was the first husband. So this is not a big thing. The key point is she was definitely married twice. After the death of Atik, many men from amongst the nobles and leaders of the Quraysh proposed marriage to Sayyidah Khatija but she preferred to occupy herself with the task of bringing up children and maintaining and building the business of her late father. So obviously her father's passed away and now she's also become the most wealthiest person due to the trade of her father. So she had a lot of commitments. So she thought, I haven't got the time now to get married. With regards to her financial status, it is sufficient to relate that Khatija was extremely wealthy. It is mentioned in Ibn Sa'ad in Istabakat and Sheikh Shibli Nu'mani Sirat al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, volume 1, page 162 of the New English Translation. Whenever a trade caravan left Makkah, her merchandise was equivalent to that of the rest of the entire Quraysh. Whenever a trade caravan left Makkah, her merchandise alone was equivalent to that of the rest of the entire Quraysh. Now think about that. How many famous business men do we know? You can mention them. Abu Sufyan ibn Harb, Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib. You go on and on. That's like a blip compared to Khadijah. For all of their caravans together, it equals hers. So how wealthy was she? You know, when you say she's wealthy, people get give you the impression she was well off. No, no, no. She wasn't well off. She was up and beyond the rest of the people. She was so wealthy, Allah, Allah blessed her with that. With regards to business, she would not personally go on the caravans herself. She would instead hire someone to do the trading for her because she's Tahira. She's the pure one. She's the unblemished. It doesn't suit a lady of nobility to be mixing with the men. Mm. So she's got somebody 
to uh, like a person to work on her behalf. Her reliable and trustworthy treasurer, Sayyidina Maysara radiyallahu helped her with the accounts and also hiding and dealt directly with the traders and camel drivers. So this was her kind of, you know, right-hand man, for want of a better word. And he also became a companion. His name was Sayyidina Maysara radiyallahu And what was his kind of roles? He was the accountant. He dealt with the hiring and fighting. And he dealt with the traders and camel drivers themselves. So he was well versed with the people. So now, what do you notice? You notice that Allah was doing this, preparing her for the Prophet But what was one of the things that he immediately was setting straight? And he was setting straight the only two common jahiliya practice that widows should not be touched. <laughs> they use goods. If you say that, some scholars say you become kafir because you belittle Khatija. Then you know what I mean? That? What do you mean then? Wasn't she a widow? Twice. So was she, you know, damaged goods? She was the one that Allah Ta'ala gave to Rasulullah. You call him that, that Allah Ta'ala give a bad, bad choice to Rasulullah. So look how interesting. The very first mother of the believers was a double widow. So straight away, this shows the status of widows in Islam. When somebody goes, I'm thinking of getting married, what happens? If you mention a, a previously married woman, Jahiliya comes out, you know, it's, oh brother, look, you know, you know is there anybody else? <laughs> And he goes, why are you thinking about somebody else? And he goes, no, no, you know, is what it is, you know. Is there any virgins? Are you a virgin? So note again, and also if your iman was strong, you'd look for widows. If you truly love the Prophet Sallallahu if, if Rasulullah was given a, I want a double widow, find me a double widow. Then a person, proper, you know, Jali will come, a double widow? Because haven't you got any isn't? And he goes, Astaghfirullah, brother. Right? Rasulullah had a double widow. Not only was she his first wife, she was the most beloved wife to You would have thought maybe the virgin, say the Aisha would be most beloved. He wasn't. It was Khadija, the double widow. So straight away, look how beautiful. Allah was correcting all these things even prior to revelation. If you think about it. Right? And that's why you notice when you read the seerah, the companions were eager to marry widows. You notice this. When Um Salama lost her husband, Abu Salama who approached Abu Bakr and Umar. Why are they once so interested in a widow who's got children as well? And the response is because this is Sunnah. After the battle of Uhud, when there were 70 martyrs, Allah the Almighty and Glorious revealed Surah Nisa. And what does he talk about in Surah Nisa? People don't see the story of the Quran. Marry women of your choice, twos and threes and fours. And if you cannot do justice, marry one. What's the context? Battle of Uhud. You fruit cake. That was the context, meaning that there's widows now. So find a second wife. Find a th- who are this for? Who is Allah Ta'ala directing them towards? The widows. This, who are the martyrs? Right? They're widows. And yet people call that verse out of context. Just money, 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 brother. Right? Because what's the context? No interest. Then he talks about orphans. Why does he talk about orphans? Because there was orphans. Rasulullah took an orphan of Uhud and he was weeping. And he goes, don't worry. He goes, I'm your father and Aisha is your mother. He set the standard. 
And do people have orphans? Another stigma. Why you got orphans for? Can you have children of your own? So note again, look at the jahiliyyah that's re-emerged again amongst the Muslims, astaghfirullah. So note again, this is all from the earliest days of Sayyidah Khadija's blessed life. We can take these lessons. So all I mentioned today in this opening session was her lineage, why she was called At-Tahir or At-Tahira, the unblemished. And then I mentioned her two husbands and of course her three noble children who all became companions of the Prophet the brothers and sisters of Sayyidah Fatima. Are there any questions you like to ask? سبحان الله بحمده وبحمده اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك واذكر بالله من شرور انفسكم سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الاصل الانسان الذي خسر الذين امنوا من الصالحات وعصوا الحق وعصوا الصبر صدق الله عليكم